My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So in the space of, um, you know, I'd say a little bit over six months, you know, pay 525, put in, let's say 25K worth of reno, uh, bring in that up to about 550, plus your stamps, your buying costs, uh, your selling costs, you know, he's walking away with about $200,000-ish of, uh, of, of gross profits. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrant Sham and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder and director of Housefinder, Simon Liu. He shares a fascinating case study featuring a one-of-a-kind property in Griffin, Queensland that started off with mystical murals and unconnected bedroom plumbing fixtures, making it a strong contender for a rags-to-riches renovation tale. Business has been booming for Lou, who discovered a centric property in the Moreton Bay area that couldn't be passed up. With the property being in a league of its own, its listing price was shocking as well. This combination made it a great match for seasoned investors and he had just the one in mind. He was at a point where he couldn't actually borrow any more money. So he's got a large portfolio of properties um, and he has a lot of equity, so it has a lot of cash that was available to buy. So he reached out to us and said, Simon, the goal that I wanted to achieve is to buy a property that we can flip immediately, right? So it wasn't a standard buy and hold uh, type property. Um, it was just a property where he could buy, uh, maybe spend a bit of money and then, and then resell it in a very short amount of time and then hopefully repeat that process. Obviously, money is to be made. So. We get a lot of opportunities from agents where they require a cash buyer. Uh, a cash buyer basically means no finance condition, but also means that they need to settle within a very short amount of time. So, uh, you know, we, we were told about this property uh, in, uh, in a suburb called Griffin, uh, which is uh, north of uh, Brisbane in, in, uh, in the Moreton Bay area. Uh, this was in uh, October uh 2021 so october last year anyway it was a four bedroom two bathroom two garage house brick about 15 20 years old massive block it was like 800 square meters or something like that um and when i saw that what we could buy it for i was i was in shock you know so 
the agent started saying, yeah, about mid fives at the time, which was um, uh, already a good deal, uh, considering all the four two like standard four two twos on like you know five hundred square meter odd blocks were selling for about you know six fifty ish even. So you know I was a bit I was a bit kind of cautious, a bit skeptical. You know I sent one of my guys out to um, to have a look at the property, and uh, and it. it, it it became apparent as to why. <laughs> so the the seller that was living uh, in the property uh, was clearly a, um, a drug affected individual. So, you know, they had the, uh, you know, paraphernalia uh, out in the open, <laughs> you know, for, for all to see, uh, you know, he, he was a, obviously a quite an interesting character uh, in itself. And uh, the house was uh, very interesting to say the least. So what had happened is this guy that, that owned it uh, for several years since he bought it, uh, over the years have de had decided to renovate the property himself. Now, uh, I could only assume that for most of the renovations, he was not in perhaps a, 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 normal, a normal state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, he, um, to give you some examples, you know, he painted some of the walls himself and the, the paint wasn't like a standard color or even an out there-ish kind of color, but there were kind of like murals or paintings of, uh, uh, you know, quite abstract, <laughs> you know, of probably what he was thinking at the time, uh, you know, so that was in several rooms. Uh, he, he tried to do, it looked like, appeared that he tried to do some of the flooring himself. So there were like these laminate tiles uh, that you'd normally click together uh, and, you know, have the skir uh, skirting boards and all that kind of stuff. But it looks like he just glued uh, these skirting boards onto the tiled floors. Uh, I don't know why he would want to do that because the tiled floors were fine. But, you know, they were just extremely... Bad. think think of think of like a really sort of run down jetty um that's that you see uh you know at the uh, 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 by, by the beach or whatever uh and and you know you get those kind of wooden planks in the jetty where it's like a little bit up and down and uh you know gaps everywhere it, it kind of had that feel to it gosh i could have got my kids in there to help out <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was a very interesting place and it, I, I, to be honest, when I look, when I saw it, I, I thought this isn't even run down. It's not dilapidated. It's just, it's like a, it's like a really sort of, it's like an artist's house. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but yeah, very creative. But it definitely needed work. Obviously, you know, I think it would appeal to almost nobody. Um, and uh, you know, it, again, you know, some of the carpets for 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 whatever reason, when he laid the carpets, it was normal carpet that you would normally have in any room. But it, it, it was laid down to the edges just without the edges done. So it's kind of like a, a, a rug, like a massive rug that was just covering the concrete floors. Um, actually, one of the more, more bizarre things was that there was a toilet uh, that just, just was glued to a, uh, in one of the bedrooms. It wasn't connected to any plumbing or anything. Uh, we checked it out. When we checked it out, it, it didn't seem that it was used at the time, thankfully. Uh, yeah. But it was definitely there and I don't know whether it was convenience sake or whatever, but um but yeah, anyway, it was just there in the in, in the corner.
Maybe he had the intention to turn a part of his bedroom into an ensuite, but he forgot to put the walls up for whatever reason. The walls, put the plumbing, put the waterproofing, the tiling, basically everything except for like a toilet, toilet bowl. Or maybe it was a cheap option for a chair. <laughs> had a cistern as well. So, so we went into the property and was like, look, obviously we, we I mean, despite all of this, uh, uh, all of these um, uh, elements, uh, you know, I think most of it was pretty cosmetic. You know, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a deal breaker. The house is structurally fine. You know, it, the walls needed repainting anyway. So, you know, it was just a case of removing the, um, luckily when the, the, these uh, laminate pieces were glued onto the floor, they could be removed easily and it didn't affect the tiles underneath. Uh, and carpets to relay a few cut uh, some carpets in some rooms wasn't wasn't going to be a, an expensive exercise. So you know we negotiated with the, with the agent and uh, look I don't exactly know why this seller needed to sell, but you know I could only assume that he was in he's just he wasn't in the best mental state of mind. Um, so you know we uh, we ended up doing a deal at five twenty five. Uh, this was uh, in October 2021, which was a, a really good deal, you know, especially for the block size. And it was cash as well too, from what you said. It was cash, yeah, yes. So this particular buyer, it couldn't get. There was no like the seller didn't uh, agree to what didn't want to agree to any finance extend uh, agreement or anything like that. Um, he did allow us to do a building and pest uh, because he was adamant that there was no uh, no issues with the house structurally, uh, which turned out to be true. Anyway, got the deal done and, you know, we got our builders in, did the full quote and the, the, the total reno, you know, came out to be around about the twenty twenty five thousand $25,000 mark. You know, there are a few extra things that needed to be done. Like this house had like a massive outdoor deck area that needed like restaining and, you know, just refurbishing. Obviously 800 square meters, there's a lot of yard everywhere. So there's, there's a, quite a bit of yard work that went in. Uh, we repainted, we redid the uh, the carpets, we did some upgrades in the kitchen and light fixtures and little things like that, you know, just to make it spru uh, spruce it up a bit. So uh, we did we did all of this. It, it didn't take very long because my build, uh, our builders at the time uh, uh, were quite efficient. You know, they got the quotes in, they basically started work within a week and within about two, three weeks, it was all completed. And how much was it again? 20K worth. It was about twenty to twenty-five thousand. That is phenomenal. That's a very, very good, very, very, very low cost to be able to actually update and do those kind of things. We've done a few of these already. Like me personally, with my properties and a few of my clients, have done quite a lot of renos over time. Uh, and you know, one of the things that I always talk about renos is you know do what's necessary. Um, don't go over the top. You're not living in it. You know, as long as it looks fresh and clean and tidy. You know, you can definitely reno on a budget. You know, you hear all the time people doing renos for next to nothing. Um, it's 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 definitely achievable. But having good trades is is super important as well. Uh, I'll be upfront and say that the trades that we use is not the absolute cheapest, right? But if you go with trades, especially in this current climate, you know, you you really get what you pay for, and it's not about going with the most expensive, but going with the most honest. And the most, uh, and I guess a person that understands your objective, a builder that understands your objective is, is super important. So when we did this reno, the builder knew that we were going to flip it. 
we were going to sell it. So, you know, he like usually when you go talk to a builder, they give you like a quote or an itemized quote of every little thing that they're going to do. But anyone who's done any renovations will know that as you do the renovation, things will come up, little things, you know, little things, things that you can just like quickly, literally, it could take like a handyman or a builder an extra five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour to fix this little thing. But if they don't, then it's just going to look pretty bad. So delays, you know, and then you do the inspection and you get the build, build another builder out with the same builder or the same tradesman out again, and it's going to be extra charges and all this kind of stuff. So this builder knew that we were going to flip it. And yes, he quoted what he quoted, but as part of the job, I think he also did a lot of extra things that wasn't necessarily on the, on the quote, but it, it ultimately made the house a lot more appealing. You know, so one of the examples would be like the kitchen cabinets uh, on that were on the floor. Um, uh, uh, didn't didn't have like the it was it was kind of on the floor, but it didn't have the edge that you would normally see between the floor itself and the the start of the cabinet. Oh, the skirting boards. The skirting bit, yeah, around the cabinet. So, yeah, it was just like a gap, you know. So, uh. You know, it was it, it it wasn't like a massive job for him to just add that on, you know, and it, it, you know he didn't take him take cost him much money either. I mean, even if he he didn't end up charging it for these kind of extra little things, but even if he did, you know, it would have been no issue because these are the little things when you sell a house, it makes a massive difference to the overall perception of the property. Absolutely, and and what. And what I can see is that the beauty about working with your builder that you've been working with across your properties and client properties is that he knows it's going to be return business. So for him, it's like, okay, I'm happy to just do these little tasks for you because I know the next job that you're going to give me, it'll be pretty quick. Because the challenge in this market, as everyone knows, is getting trades in that you can trust and deliver on time. It's delay after delay and that's costly because you've got holding costs and all that and hence... I mean, it's great that you guys can get some amazing builders to be able to help you like that very quickly because to turn something around like that for that kind of price is phenomenal in my opinion anyway because I've dealt with trades before and... They can get uh, a bit a bit, a bit, bit hairy <laughs> from time to time. That's right. Having good trades is definitely super important. And look, I mean, it's I, I've, I've known these guys for about 10 years, you know, ever since I started investing, I started working with these guys and... They, it's just a very thorough understanding of what I'm looking for, the level of finish that I'm after, and obviously what the objectives are at the end of the day. So, you know, it's at a point where I I, I'm, I don't ever need to physically be there. You know, they keep updating me with pictures and, 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 and you know, things like that kitchen thing. Oh, we, we fixed this today as well, just so you know, because there was a gap there, blah, blah, blah. So just having that trust and, you know, finding someone with that integrity, I guess, is super, super important. And it trumps getting the best price several times over. You know, like I always compare trades at, to like dentists. You know, if, if you're going to negotiate and drill down on the price uh, as hard as you can, they're going to make it's going to be painful for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you go to a dentist and you're trying to negotiate on 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 them, you know, doing a root canal, or whatever, that that you know, while they're doing it, they're probably going to make you feel feel a bit of pain <laughs> if they agree to a price. Similar to trades, 
you know, but like I said, it's not about getting ripped off. It's not about going with the most expensive. I think the character and the people behind the trades is actually sometimes more important than, than, than getting the best price. So anyway, we did the Renault, everything came back good. There are a few little surprises here and there, uh, you know, when we, um, uh, you know, a few uh, a few more items, shall we say, was found in 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 the backyard, like under the decking area. Um, but overall, it came out just like a standard a standard uh, you know four bedroom house that was very presentable and was appealing to a lot of owner occupiers. So now here comes the flipping part. So it was all done and dusted. Um, this buyer th that we had was actually kind of umming and ahhing for for a number of weeks about whether he should just put the property up for rent. Uh, you know, because it turned out to be a really good property. 800 square meters in in Griffin is exceedingly rare. Most of the houses in this suburb are your standard sort of, um, you know, even 300 or 400 or 500 square meters. You know, so, so to get 800 square meters of land is, is, um, is, uh, is definitely a rarity. Can I ask about this house? Is it actually on... Uh, stilts or is it actually built on a concrete slab like because typically in queensland a lot of the queenslanders are built up high um especially i don't know about northern queensland too much because i'm not very much familiar with that but is this type of house like does it look something like another house in like new south wales or is it typically on the stilts it's a four bedroom brick house on on a slab you know about 20 years old that's not old at all wow so built in 2000 i mean there are a dozen in these parts you know, back in the day, about 20 years ago, I think there's a lot of these um, the builder groups came in and, and put up like your uh, housing projects, like house and land projects, sorry, not housing, not, not a housing commission. But it, it, it's kind of just like standard master and home type setup. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, but this one just happened to be on a massive block of land. So yeah, there was nothing wrong with the house at all. In fact, it was like a tank, this house, you know, just a very single story brick on, on a slab type property. Obviously the inside was a bit interesting. Coming up after the break, we reveal the staggering final sale price. He decided to go forge ahead with his original plan and just sell the thing. Um, and in June, uh, 2022, which you know, probably about a month ago, uh, he actually sold the property. How tackling a property that others don't want to give you the Midas touch? And, uh, you know, obviously looking at the house as well, it, it wasn't ideal. You know, it's, it's a, lot, a lot of people would see the condition of that house uh, given its circumstances or the, or the owner's circumstances uh, and they might be a, a little bit afraid to tackle something like that. He reveals the question on everybody's lips and gives his highly anticipated answer. Look, I'm getting asked this question every day pretty much now by existing clients, by new clients, everybody. <laughs> and I can only comment on what I'm seeing on the ground. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. 
To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote Property Investory. The owner of the property was unsure about whether he should sell it or rent it out until ultimately the market made the choice for him. So anyway, we, we kind of figured out that at that particular point, Brisbane, as I'm sure everyone is aware by now, was starting to, you know, it has, it, it's achieved quite a bit of growth over the past three or so years. And it was kind of at the cusp of, you know, people started talking about interest rates going up and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, he decided to go forge ahead with his original plan and just sell the thing. Um, and in June uh, 2022, which, you know, Day about a month ago, uh, he actually sold the property and he sold it for eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So in the space of um, you know, uh, I'd say a little bit over six months, you know, paid five twenty five, put in let's say twenty five k worth of reno, uh, bringing that up to about five fifty, plus your stamps, your buying costs, uh, your selling costs. You know, he's walking away with about two hundred thousand dollars ish of. Uh, of, of gross profit. So, so you know, I think that's a, a very good case of a couple of things. Number one, we definitely nabbed a good deal on the way in, but we also bought in an area that was right at the moment going through a lot of organic growth. It was getting a, smashed with a lot of owner occupiers. Uh, a lot of first home buyers was in that particular Griffin pocket as well. I actually know two people that have moved from Sydney to that particular area, Mango Hill, Marumba Downs, uh, sort of Griffinish type area, um, to, to live, you know. So, it, you know, let's say 50% below market value, 50% growth. And that's, I think, what's contributed to the outcome, which is which is great. I mean, a couple of hundred thousand dollars profit, you know, I mean, he didn't do any of the renovation himself. Just went the builder and and you know said yes and all this kind of stuff <laughs> but um but no i think it was definitely a good outcome and uh you know obviously looking at the house as well it, it wasn't ideal you know it's, it's a lot a lot of people would see the condition of that house uh given its circumstances or the or the owner's circumstances uh and they might be a, a little bit afraid to tackle something like that but, you know, once you've done this a while and you think, oh, you know, yes, the walls are all over the shop. You know, there's random paintings everywhere. But if you're going to repaint the whole thing anyway, who cares? No one's going to know. Yeah, exactly. You just repaint the whole house in one neutral color. Um, you know, same with floors. You know, the people that uh, you know, look at a room and go, oh, wow, you know, even if there was no carpets. But I know to re-carpet uh, three rooms costs around $1,200, uh, including the removal of whatever existing carpet there was. So there's there's a cost to everything. And when you look past the, uh, you know, the emotional shock of, of seeing a house that's in a, a pretty bad state and you realise, oh, you know what? It's actually not that bad. You know, it just helps you move forward and just look at it. Okay, the exercise for the purpose of this property is to make money. You know, if I can do that, uh, taking into account the price, the... Uh, the issues that it potentially has and there's a good case for it, then 
yeah, forge ahead. You know, there's no issue why, there's no reason why you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't sort of stack up. This is what I love about this particular case study is because when you think about it, we as property investors, and I guess if you look also from a business perspective, we're coming in to try and solve a problem here. And we're trying to offer a solution that is going to be appealing to what the market wants. You know, obviously a problem is going to be bad. That's why it's called a problem. <laughs> um, if you take the emotional side out of it and go, okay, how can you actually turn this to something that's going to be generating income or generating a great return? Then if you look past that and you know the right people to be able to help, then you've got your opportunity there, you know, filling the gap in the market to come out with an excellent outcome which is what's happened here and I'm, I'm just like wow i wish i could have snapped that one up too <laughs> well there's more out there interestingly we've already on, we're on to a next uh, property already with this particular client so he's obviously got the cash and he's like you know what simon that group said great let's do it again so you know we're looking at a property again in brisbane i won't name suburbs or anything as yet <laughs> because this one is not a done deal but um this house also has a very interesting background which i might talk about in the next episode maybe further down the track once it's all done but it's uh it's it's, it's actually quite unfortunate and um, you know this one is like a um uh the, the seller is like a uh uh three sons of a of the mum who's living in the property uh and clearly their relationship is extremely bad between the mum and the three sons and three sons are trying to get uh force the mum to uh, leave the property the house uh, to sell the property uh, for for obviously some kind of financial gain. Um, so, I'm, I'm, you know, these scenarios as left field as they are, or they can be, um, you know, is sometimes you just need to, to expose yourself or to, uh, uh, yeah, to these situations that you can potentially get a property that is not like a, 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 a polished house you find on domain or realestate.com.au and the situation behind it might be dire but potentially if there is a, a a good opportunity there then it's definitely worth going for and i want to stress as well at this point it's not about taking advantage of people who are in not great situations um it's you know clearly they're selling it with a level of urgency or maybe the condition of the house lends itself to a certain price point. Uh, so you're kind of just at the right place at the right time, which enables you to, to pick up these, uh, these, these deals. So, so anyway, that's, um, I guess the lesson there is, you know, like, like I've said in previous episodes, it's just about being unemotional, sticking to numbers, seeing past the situation, seeing past even some of the physical aspects of the property that may be negative depending on price depending on the numbers attached and also focusing on areas where there is a healthy healthy demand of owner occupiers is super important right whether you buy it whether you rent it whether you sell it your target market if they're if there are predominantly people young families professionals wanting to live in it uh you will never be without a tenant or without someone wanting to pay money for it or i'm going to go as far as to say as well that uh the prices of that particular area 
even though they may drop a little bit, but it's not going to be a situation where it's going to be catastrophic. You know what I mean? So that's been my experience anyway with dealing with a lot of these types of houses. So I wanted to pose one question. We're currently in sort of mid-2022 when we're recording this particular episode. The market has slightly changed. Um, Interest rates have been going up. Inflation has been going up. There's been a lot of talk about certain things. How do you think this has also impacted the market in your opinion? I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here, but it's just interesting to see your point of view. Look, I'm getting asked this question every day pretty much now by existing clients, by new clients, everybody. (laughs) And I can only comment on what I'm seeing on the ground. And what's happening on the ground at the moment is the fear or the uncertainty that's largely media driven is really affecting, I would say, the $2 million plus market. So whether you're in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, like it doesn't matter, anywhere that's expensive, uh, above $2 million is is where it's starting to take a little bit of a hit. In some areas, taking a big hit. And the reason is quite simple. You know, people are being uh, more risk averse. You know, before they might may have been happy to take out a, a bigger loan to buy a house, but now they're not. Um, investors uh, are now looking for high cash flow. So they're erring towards more affordable housing options. Um, and this all comes down to me, like when I built my initial portfolio about 10 years ago now, um, I was paying about 6% interest rates as an average with the properties we were buying. And, you know, back then when I was in uh, areas like Brisbane, when I was buying in, in, in Brisbane, like the market was absolutely dead. You know, there was no very few investors around, very little competition, especially with a lot of the distressed properties that we focus on. Um, but the challenge, like even though 6% interest rates was uh, the problem back then, the challenge that I had, uh, sorry, the, the upside that we had was that it was quite easy to borrow money. And I think we're starting to transition back to that because over the past few years, even though interest rates were extremely low, um, it was very difficult for you know lending criteria and all that. It was extremely tight, so people couldn't build large portfolios easily. Like I always say, this you know just stick to the numbers, stick to the fu- basic fundamentals. Property is a long-term game, and also focus on areas where it's less likely to affect um, prices from a inflation perspective or from a bad economy perspective, because housing at the end of the day is a necessity, right? So in the right areas, you're always going to have a demand for affordable housing from both a rental perspective, from both a buying perspective. It's really the high end stuff that tends to be a little bit wobbly. Um, so that's, that's kind of my take at the moment on the ground. So stick to more affordable stuff, Keep an eye on cash flow. This is a bit of an interesting thing as well because during COVID, savings were astronomical. So people saved a lot of money. And I'm noticing that people, the appetite for property isn't gone, especially with what I do. Like, you know, I obviously run a business and I have a lot of people. I see the activity, you know, from 12 months, six months ago versus now hasn't dropped off, you know, really. I mean, there's a, I'm having, a, like I said, a lot of these types of conversations to explain what's happening on the ground with inflation and interest rates and all that kind of stuff. But generally speaking, people are still very keen to build portfolios, to achieve long-term um, 
uh, wealth, passive income, like that's still the goal. If anything, COVID has reinforced the importance of not relying on a single income or a job that can be gone instantly. So I think there's upsides, there's downsides, but you know, like I always say, stick to the numbers, stick to the fundamentals. Don't sort of gamble. When I say gamble, don't follow like, oh, you know, where's the next hotspot or, oh, you know, everyone's doing this now. I'm going to do that as well. So that rarely works out. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, you got to be in the market to, to follow it as well. It's really interesting because I remember you and I had this conversation about not exactly the same, but two years ago when COVID happened and we we're all worried that, you know, what was going to happen. And then guess what happened after that a few months later? <laughs> Curious to see what happens here. At the start of COVID was the best time to be buying. Oh yeah, everyone would say that. <laughs> we had a few buys. We had, a, you know, we were busy at, at that point as well. And I think naturally, when all these lockdowns started happening, people were were, were scared. What's going to happen in the next, you know, six months, twelve months? I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. And look, that was probably a sensible thing to do. Nobody knew, but. You know, I guess if your mindset was just consistently moving forward over a 10 or 15 year period, you also expose yourself to these opportunities where uh, these global events happen. And at the time, they seemed like a terrible idea to get into the market, uh, but it turned out to be like an amazing thing to have done. Yeah, totally. It could happen on the flip side as well. You know, you could buy something and then unfortunately it might take a hit, but there are ways to mitigate that. You know, as like we talked about affordable housing areas, good cash flow, you know, basic fundamentals like sticking to capital cities and, you know, high population growth and demand areas, jobs and infrastructure, government spending, like all that type of stuff. Yeah, ultimately tie into the fact that, you know, areas like Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane is extremely unlikely to experience like a massive crash where prices just have you know or anything like that so you know that's what i try to stick to me too I, I think we both understand the fundamentals and that's the key thing is understanding you know once you get those principles right it's just a matter of holding on to it and you know buying the right like buying the right property not the right time timing can be crucial and also important but buying the right property and r- making sure that you stick to those fundamentals which is exactly right you know it's a, it's a you know you make your money when you go in to buy not when you've actually bought it Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote, Property Investory. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 